0: Hello and welcome to the Push Record and Run Shallot Records Summer the return part 2 the awakening. This is a podcast that we've been sitting on for quite a while. It's with the wonderful Jeremy Wurst, the owner of Coyote Face Recording in Lincoln. The man might be the most well-known music producer in Nebraska. So it's an absolute honor to have him in my basement and talk about all kinds of random stuff. Um, gets to pick his brain on such topics as uh, recording processes, his favorite gear, working with bands. I I know he's he's big on um, making sure that the band is comfortable in the studio and that they're getting what they want out of the experience. And that is what we're trying to do here at the moment as well. So again, it's an absolute privilege to have him down here in our humble studio. Uh, I mean, considering that he's worked with so many amazing local and national acts. I mean, Uh Oh, Histrionic, Death Cow, Evan Bartles, Tiger Wine, Hale Varsity, Orca Wells, Trent Gaddy, Salt Creek. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, So the breadth of styles and the knowledge that he has, it's absolutely unparalleled when it comes to uh, local production so we really hope that you enjoy our conversation today and if you are at all interested in recording with Jeremy or learning about what he does uh, feel free to go to coyotefacerecording.com or by the same name on Instagram hit him up and I'm sure he'd be willing to chat it out with you but in other great news, the Shallot Studio has been kicking out some jams real hard recently. Uh, we finished the Strangers EP, got released last month. We're getting CDs in the mail for that, coming real soon. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Go listen to it, uh, the, the Strangers Strange EP on Spotify. So go listen to that if you haven't already. We also released the new Distressed Damsel single, Midwest Dreams. Uh, recorded here in the Shallot studio. Uh, I was privileged enough to play lead guitar on that track, so that was a lot of fun, just sitting alone in the studio, figuring out lead guitar parts and sending it off to the rest of the band and getting their opinion on it. Uh, It's a lot of fun, so give it a listen. And of course, if you are at all interested in recording in digital or analog means, please hit us up on any of our social media pages, Shallot Records, on Instagram and Facebook, and Charlotte Records at gmail.com for any inquiries. And without further ado, here is Jeremy Wurst on the Push Record and Run Shallot Records podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so you
1: have a home studio that you built yourself. Tell me a bit about that. <laughs> so I guess if we like fast forward past the
2: like getting into recording, and then I went to Cal- I moved to California, and did like an assistantship. Oh yeah. And worked for a couple different producers. So. Um, I reached, I had kind of reached this point. We were living out in California at the time. And um, when, so basically I was what's considered called a freelancer. Yeah. Um, so the upside of that is you don't have overhead costs of monthly rent on a building mm-hmm. or something like that. The downside of it is like if I just want to go blast out some drums or like do a ramp or do, you know, um, I just didn't have free rent. We were like, I was like living in an apartment and kind of like mixing in a, like the spare bedroom or whatever. Um, So yeah, we, I I had been freelancing for a long time and working for this guy in California. And I just kind of reached a point where, um, and you guys probably are learning this too, but like you, um, when you're starting out, you kind of like just, take what you can get budget-wise sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it was like I was doing sessions in California for like $350 a day, but the room rental was like $250, $300. So I was really only making 100 bucks a day mm. um, and working like a 10 or 12-hour or more day. And wow. so yeah. it, I got to this point, and um, I, I love other studios I still work in them yeah um i wanted i basically wanted a space that i can mix in and then i could comfortably do, like do guitar based vocals in and then maybe some drum stuff yeah. um and it just kind of like like my wife and i started like okay like we'll, we'll actually make more money cuz i can just charge the same amount um and then it just pays back into the studio if yeah. that makes sense so That was sort of the... And and that's around the time we decided to move back to Nebraska. Um, That was kind of a...
1: From Cali? Yeah. So I'm I'm from here. Oh, yeah?
2: Yeah. So I'm from from here, went to high school here, went to college here, graduated. um, And then I was like kind of recording. uh, Well, I was recording. um, And I had a full-time job. And... I I was I'm sure you guys are going through all this, so I'm probably just describing everything. <laughs> so I apologize. but I was like, okay, I'm definitely recording, but like I want to figure out like I want to do this all the time. yeah and um, also there were just things like um, like I'd record, like a rock project and i'd mix it and i'd be really happy with the mix but i would like compare it to like the stuff that i really like and i it just wasn't mm-hmm. there yeah so yeah. i kind of deal with that
1: struggle that mental struggle all the time where you're just yeah, like yeah both and of us and you,
2: you're trying to you're trying to figure out is it is it the tracking is it my methods is it my gear is it the like and it's hard to it's hard to kind of like know what piece of that puzzle is kind of fucked, if that makes yeah, sense. So yeah. um so yeah I kind of uh twenty fifteen. Um so I my wife and I were I was I basically was like, I'm either gonna go back to school for recording or I'm gonna just like go move somewhere and try to work for somebody. Um and uh decided against going to recording school because for a lot of reasons, but uh, <laughs> um, I've heard some horror stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's less. It's more like. Did you guys go to college? Uh, yeah. Even I, a little bit. <laughs> I yeah.
1: went for about like a semester, and then I was like, "Man, so I'm I'm not in it." So, it's. College is a good thing if
2: you have no structure, teaching you structure, or uh, mm-hmm. like in like if we spin this back in the audio world um it'll you you would you would learn signal flow you'd learn uh you know like cardioid omni figure like you'd learn you'd learn the basics like the tools of the Mm -hmm. uh of how to do it but it doesn't teach you the stuff like um how do i talk to a bass player who's not very good or how do i uh like what is a good guitar tone and how like and like and how does that reference differently to uh a different good guitar tone or like what's right guitar tone, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: quote unquote, the correct guitar tone for this song or this part. Um, So it doesn't teach you that. And I also feel like it probably, it could be, I've never been, I've never been, so I really can't comment. (laughs) But It also doesn't feel like they teach you um, maybe like, you got to learn how to market yourself. Like I hate to say it, but like when you, when you are a producer or if you're a mixer or a recording studio, like you are a business and, True. uh, you don't have to act like it. You don't like, you don't have to be like, well, hello, sir, here's my business. Like you uh-huh. don't have to do that. Some <laughs> people do that. And it, like this, it, this all goes into like what kind of quote unquote clients you want, what kind of, um, mm-hmm. so anyway, I'm getting way away from the topic. No, but no, you know, Um, so yeah, I like, I just, I, I wanted to know all of this stuff and, um, I wanted to know why my mixes sucked and I wanted to know why uh I wasn't working on projects I wanted to work on. So um Me I, and you both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so we I lucked out and I had um I have like a I have a friend, his name's Don Gunn, G U N N. He's nice. like my recording mentor. Um mm. he's I met him um on my honeymoon, actually, <laughs> uh, like I followed him on Twitter, uh, we we would talk on Twitter, and he'd uh, he'd like post photos of this API console. I'd be like, oh my god, you know, and I'd yeah. be punishing him and all this stuff, and um, he so him and I became friends. I, I've actually met him a number of times, and he's been a really good mentor for me. Uh, remotely, and uh, I kind of just was like, "Hey, I know like this isn't your responsibility by any means, but if you know anyone looking for someone, like I'll move anywhere." And uh, I was like, "I just wanted, I want to be doing this more, and I want to get better." So mm-hmm. he, he, he didn't like hook it up, but like he was like, "Check these three or four places out, and just send him an email and see." Um, and someone bit, um, and it was in Sacramento, um, so. It was kind of a weird uh, thing, so like we moved out to Sacramento, and it's like a big move. Yeah, I mean, it, I was excited, and um, I was like, "Might as well do it." Like, yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, if you're gonna do it, you gotta just go. Sometimes all. Yeah, way.
2: and it, I, I was just excited. Like, I just love audio, period. So, like, I was mm-hmm. like, I was just excited to be out there. Well, I get out there, and basically. Uh, the job fell through. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Wait, did you move out there, like, yeah. entirely? <laughs> oh, dude. Um, it, I'm not, like, I'm not resentful of it. I actually, like, kind of uh, work a- along with this person still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, basically, he 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 showed me a studio, and he was like, I'll give you a really good deal if you ever want to do a project in here. But he's like, I'm actually not engineering anymore. I'm more, like, mm-hmm. managing this studio and two others. And then he, um, he also uh works for a magazine. Mm. Um so he was like I I know he felt bad. I think I think he like thought that maybe they would have work for me. Um there was another uh producer there named Chris Woodhouse who did like Fuzz and uh, oh, uh Tisa Ty, Ty yeah, oh, nice. Um and so he was like uh this guy was like trying to be like maybe Chris will hire you and Chris was like dude I don't have enough work to so like and it's all fine like that's like and I never met Chris but he sounds awesome but yeah, yeah. Uh, his stuff's cool but um so yeah I got out there and it kind of fell apart and then um so I hit up that same dude and I was like hey man do you know anybody else <laughs> Pre- preferably in northern California and then um he uh connected me with a guy named Sam Pura um he, he's worked on like uh basement and story so far and stuff like that mm. so I drove wow. down and met him and uh like we honestly just like went and got lunch and like hung out and like um yeah, I just started interning down there, but it was awkward because um I knew more uh I my because I didn't go to school. Yeah, I wasn't like one of the other interns who, like, they had, like, went through a curriculum.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But,
2: so, like, but I knew what I was doing more, more than they did. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was, like, this really weird, like, um, like, I had already started to develop a taste in, like, the things I liked and mm-hmm. didn't like and stuff like that. And, like, I was, like, anything you did, I was, like, paying attention all the time. And, um, whereas, like, the dudes <laughs> just be, like, on their phones fucking off. And I'd be, like, <laughs> I, like... It's
1: free info, I've, right there. Yeah, I
2: mean, dude, like you're watching. like the first day I worked for him or hung out or whatever, he was like recording drums and it just like like it sounded finished, like it sounded like a record. And I like looked over in the room and there's the drummers like actually tracking it. And I it just like blew Whoa. my world to pieces. Oh. So it was like That always been like, oh, yeah, you put the mics in front of the drums and it sounds like fine, and then (laughs) and then you make it sound later and probably like do samples and stuff. And like, here I Uh am sitting in the studio and it sounds like it sounds done, and the drummer is actually just playing it. That's yeah, Yeah. so that was sort of a like, that was very much a like, okay, I'm in the right place. Um, I'm really glad. I am really glad that I got to learn from him, too, because he's one of the few rock producers that actually still uses real drum tones and real guitar tones. Um, yeah. mm. um,
1: there's nothing against the it's, other method. It's getting scarcer, but I, I am starting to dip my toe more into... I know we're a very analog sp- studio, but amp sims are really catching my eye nowadays.
2: You know, it's... Uh, I can go on a tangent about that, too, but it's, it's, all, about, it's all about the creativity. So, like... I don't own a, a Bugner Uber Shawl. Yeah. They're like two grand. uh uh-huh. mm-hmm. But I would love one, but I don't have one. So the AMP sim will be fine until then. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Or and because like I have a pretty extensive amp collection myself, but like I don't have that sound. So when I want when mm-hmm. I need that sound, it's better than not. But yeah. um, but on the flip side, sometimes like if you don't have like, oh, I wish I had a Bogner, but it's like sometimes like, okay, well let's like see what we could do with what we have. So, Mm -hmm. um, there's, so yeah, uh, the, the thing that I learned from him though, was like getting the real stuff to sound as good as the like amp sims and stuff like that. That way, if your guitar tone that you recorded just didn't work out, there is a amp sim fallback always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like, um, I don't know. I I feel like a lot of people are like all or nothing. And I'm like, dude, there's a huge middle ground. Like I still um like I still use drum samples, but I'll do like um I'll like record the snare and then I'll just mute the the close mic in the sample and just have like a super splashy ambient mic and just distort the fuck out of it and like (laughs) make it sound like it is he's hitting it so hard. And then you blend that underneath the real one and it sounds like bigger than real life, but Uh it's still
3: So you get into the real sound, yeah.
2: Yeah, So so ultimately, it was about chasing creativity and learning how to do that, and like kind of learning like what doesn't matter and what does matter, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we uh, I worked for him for a while, and then. not everything he says is is the word, you yeah, know. So the God's truth.
0: Yeah,
1: I feel so. like that's a little bit for everybody, though. You know, at, at some points you always just got to know like where your context is and just like yeah, you I mean, feel it out every day.
2: There's sort of this weird thing in the rock world too, where everyone has to be kind of like a bro, and it's like <laughs> yeah,
1: I've uh, noticed that a little bit more and more. Less so in Lincoln, it seems. Yeah, luckily. So
2: that what's funny is like moving back to Lincoln, so. I worked there, did, stopped working for him. Then I went and worked uh, in a studio in Sac- so S- Sam Studios in Fremont, California, which was a two-hour commute. So I'd drive down there. I'd mm. stay down there Oof. in the band apartment with the band all week, <laughs> drive back up. And then uh, my only other job is I played in a cover band. And so I'd, I'd literally like go down, work on a record or assist, and I would maybe maybe make money he usually, he didn't always yeah. pay me. Oh. Um, I mean, it's just kind of part of the, like, if he if he had a session that he could pay you for, he'd pay you, but you need to be there to work. It's a weird, the studio world's weird. Sure. Um, uh, not that it's okay for the record, but, <laughs> but, like, that was just, I was like, whatever, man, like, Take I'm getting fast-tracked. Get. Like, yeah. um, so, and then I would drive back up and then, like, maybe see my wife for the evening, and then I would play with this cover band, uh and we'd play all weekend, and then, like, it would wow. just... Wow. So it was a lot... It just ended up being a lot easier because I cut the stupid commute out of there, and then I could uh-huh. be home every day, and then... So then I worked at a studio called Pus Cavern, which is a... <laughs> that's a great wow. name. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but uh, the <laughs> owner of the studio's name is Joe. He worked on, like, the Cake Records, and... Oh, yep.
0: um. Wait, is this... This isn't in Omaha, is it? No, this No, is... that's ARC. ARC, okay. Yeah.
2: Um, Joe. Wor... Uh, Joe worked on the Cake Records and, like, some of these, like nickel slots or something like huh. so and then there's another dude there named josh um he, he worked on some cool records like idola and uh, like some of the screamier stuff but sure um so i was like working there and doing sessions there and then same deal i was like man it's just so fucking expensive here and then my wife lost her job mm, um no, no. <laughs> her job found out that she was looking for another job and so they just were like yeah you're just done so oh, oh. come on so It ended up being like good because um, I was like, (laughs) we didn't like California. Yeah, I actually like we actually hated a lot of it. Um, I feel like just the driving would drive me. The driving, I mean, there's, there's, it's this weird like, you you're a two hour drive from any mountain, any ocean, (laughs) any river, Mm -hmm. any cool brew, like, but it's so expensive there that you can never take time off to go do those things and the driving is miserable so like like here it's like I know like I know if I need to like if I need to go to music around and get strings I can be there in 10 minutes oh, and yeah. I know that that will maybe maybe if traffic is bad here 15. maybe 15. <laughs> like I remember my last day of working at panda when I was like I'm not I'm never coming back well I ended up coming back but I was like I'm not doing this assisting gig anymore it's a it's an hour and 45 minute drive from fremont sacramento and there was a car wreck and it i was like literally on the interstate for six hours and i like got home at like one in the morning and like wow i was just like dude this is so stupid and um there's there's also a lot of like um and it's not, some of this stuff is, like, it's not California's fault. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're from the Midwest. Like, I can walk up to you at a bar and, like, talk to you and be like, oh, uh-huh. hey, you probably know a friend of mine. Whereas, like, I would do that in California, and, like, people are like, yo, dude, like, we haven't, you haven't passed the test yet. Ugh. Like oh. Some of that, and, like, not everyone's like that. So, I, I, I'm... i Certain people yeah, live certain Yeah, I just, places. like, I just felt like I kept swinging and missing, and, like, um, I would... All of the projects I was working on, I was literally flying back here to work on them because, like, um, your buddy Levi, he yeah. played in this band and they, like, paid me to fly back and do their record and, like, wow.
1: and then <laughs> flew back. Is that the way out?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm glad you did that, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: that's good, yeah. That's a it's good, that's a good album. It's sort still of the test of time. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. those, I love all of those people. They're <laughs> so ridiculous. But, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I was like, And then I was like, flew back to do the Blay record and like then flew back. And I was like, so my wife and I had a talk when I was like, I don't really like not making money working in these cool studios and I don't really like, she lost her job. And I was like, we did the math and we'd actually make, we'd make more money living here, doing the same thing and traveling than we would like living in a two bedroom apartment in like next to the ghetto in wow. Sacramento, you yeah. know it's just Ugh. like yeah so we we made we kind of made like a pact we're like we're gonna go back we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be badasses basically so <laughs> um i was like we're gonna go back i'm gonna build a studio and uh she was at the time she was uh she's in marketing and um advertising oh, yeah. so mm-hmm. i was like you're gonna get a cool job she hated her job in california too so it was like it just didn't work out and so we moved back and like um bought a house and uh cause I, I looked at renting like a commercial spot, but everything is like so
0: awkward. Like Yeah, there really isn't a good spot in Lincoln to rent out for a studio space or even for a
2: Yeah. I mean it's supporting. like you can anyone that will let you do an actual build out. So like one spot I looked at was like right next to a busy street and I was like, Well this is not gonna work. Yeah. Um And then, like, I had looked at this other one, and they were like, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but you can't modify the room. And I'm like, well, (laughs) it kind (laughs) of doesn't work. You've been to the Mez building, though, haven't you?
0: Uh, I've actually never been in there. Oh, sick. Yeah, um turquoise you know turquoise oh yeah yeah Yeah. they they had a spot i just did their ep so oh nice (laughs)
1: really yeah Yeah. (laughs) dude you made those things sound so fresh (laughs) thank you man good stuff i only seen i uh, uh, only only heard uh strawberry daiquiri so yeah
2: they did a single and then (laughs) i guess they got signed to the smaller tape label thing and oh sick um they were like yeah we want to so they came back and did four more and i actually need to talk because apparently we need to do two more in order to, they want to do vinyl but mm. oh boy they need two more songs for it to, to be. fit the vinyl yeah so i'm like i'm like whatever man i'll take your money like yeah <laughs> but
0: um but yeah those uh those studio spaces over like where the mez is mm-hmm. i know turquoise had a, had a recording spot there yeah. for a while and there's like a bunch of bands there jim ryan if you know jim oh yeah yeah he had a spot there and they like big lofted ceilings it's kind of kind of narrow mm-hmm. but it's roughly the same size as your studio in your backyard oh so. cool yeah, we've been. I wish we've been, I had
1: tall ceilings. Is my only complaint. But yeah, right. <laughs> well, same here, man. Right, yeah. Oh god! Um, yeah. Imagine how many times we just knock a guitar headstock. Just <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yep. in. yeah, I every mean, day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like
2: uh, oh, i <laughs> <laughs> doing part longer. of <laughs> part Hold of the on one like. Sec. I'm gonna go turn that off. <laughs> oh, you're good.
1: How long's it been? I don't know. You're a good talker, Jeremy. Yes, you are.
2: I talk too much. I'm you're sorry.
1: Great story, man.
0: Good talker. (laughs) All right. I totally forgot what we were talking about.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like I I said, you guys are just
0: going to have to Dude, I have a litany of questions (laughs) for you. Let's Um, let's just start hitting them. All right, cool. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, Are there any pieces of cheap or what would be considered cheap gear that you have consistently in your studio that you wouldn't give up?
2: Um... I mean, like SM fifty sevens, yeah, like, yeah. Um, like, I have weird, like, I have like mics that I've like built or broken on Whoa. purpose. That wow, um, kind of like those will make it onto records. Like, um, like if you have like a a cool, um, like one. I don't know why this one comes, but like. Sometimes it's cool when you have like a really intense vocal line to like double it with, uh, with like a super distorted out
0: telephone mic yeah. kind of thing. So yeah. I'd like, uh, um, something from a dictaphone, like yeah, a musician's like, mic.
2: Like one that comes to like the one I'm thinking of. Like, um, so I do sound at the Rococo Theater as well. Yeah. And yeah. they had this old tel- like, telephone, and I was like, can I have this? And they were like, yeah, we're not going to use this. <laughs> so I took the, uh, receiver end off of it, the, nice. or the, mouthpiece off of it and then <laughs> soldered it to uh an old um sm57 body so I took that capsule off put put this one on as a cap and like super glued it and then and then wired it to the the jack so now it's like a handheld telephone mic fuck yeah <laughs> um and then like all like i'll take a preamp and just drive it or like i'll run it into a pedal or something yeah um, so like that kind of stuff um uh definitely gets used a lot or like um I have this uh when I <laughs> probably shouldn't say this but <laughs> when I worked at UNL um I I helped with like the classroom design stuff and I did all the audio in the classrooms oh so, yeah um so they would like when they would design a new room they would just literally throw everything away and so they had these old this old podium mic um mm. like it was it looked like it was on like a little snake and uh I was like, they're gonna throw it away. I'm just gonna take it. So, um, <laughs> I use that on drums, and I'll coil it up and put it underneath the snare, and then I'll blow it up with a compressor and like distort the shit out of it because it, ma- it basically just goes like, <laughs> <laughs> like. So when you hit the snare, and then you gate it with the snare, so it'll be like, so it the snare be like pow pow, and then you add that, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> so you blend them together, and check phase, and it and it creates this like splash of white noise and and like all that stuff is like character stuff that it just it makes you think the drummer is hitting 10 times harder than they really are so yeah yeah um uh i've got a i'm kind of a sucker for um old dbx and elisa's gear so i've got like same elisa's here i yeah. love like microverb four mm-hmm. i actually I really want now. a microverb but um they make something called a Microlimiter, and sam turned me on to him because he's a big mac demarco fan and um mac demarco loves the micro limiter and like yeah uh it's it's so i used to have this three thousand dollar chandler compressor and it did one thing really well and it was if you put drum room mics in it it would be like like it would just blow them up it sounds so good um but when i built the studio i was like all right i need to buy an hvac system so like um I sold my three thousand dollar compressor and bought an HVAC system, and then I was and then I had just happened to have this micro limiter, and I was like, well, let's blow some room mics up with it, and like, I actually like it more, and it actually kind of sounds like that old. (laughs) Really? Yeah, because if you drive the input, it it distorts, and so you get this really cool crunch that the other one couldn't do. Nice. It, it's 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 kind of a weird. It's a really weird nerdy thing, but like the other one was more pumpy, and this one was is pumpy and crunchy. So I actually would like to get it again, and then blend them together. So yeah, well, I'm putting that <laughs> on my shopping list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the the thing is like they go in and out of hype. So like you can pick them up for forty bucks, or you can pick them up for three hundred. Yeah, so it's like, yeah.
1: So just sounds like, like Reverb Market.
2: Yeah, I mean, just wait it out. Like one will pop up, and like, um. Like I got mine for forty bucks, and like, uh, it's kind of nice because it's not like so expensive that you're like, "Fuck, I need to justify using this." (laughs) Right, right. But I gotta fucking take out
1: a loan for a compressor. Oh gosh.
2: Yeah, I and I so I, I have a um I have a philosophy where I never buy what I can't afford, and I um good and uh. Well, at the time before I was doing it full time, I was like, I'm not gonna buy any gear unless. I've worked for it. So, like, when I was working a job and then having the studio, I was like, I'm not going to buy any studio gear with my job money. Mm -hmm. I'm going to only allow myself to buy something if I booked a project and did it and got paid for it. Because uh, it keeps you moving. It keeps you moving, but also, like, there's a really bad problem where people just, like, hoard gear and have all this cool shit and, like – and but like they're just not making cool records and like not utilizing, ma- not utilizing, and like the how you learn to get good is by doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, right. the there's that saying, like, if you build it, they will come. Like, <laughs> and I respect that, but like, I disagree with that to some degree. Cause like, mm-hmm. um, I'd actually been offered a studio job, uh, with this guy one time, and like we drove to, <laughs> we drove to uh north carolina and like visited the studio and it's like a neve console and like he had every uh, everything i mean he had uh, a steinway he had like all these (laughs) like all this stuff and then but then i was like okay like i I could work here like you know (laughs) like i could make this work (laughs) and then he i was like can you play me like some stuff you guys have worked on and it all sounded really bad oh no um so i was it that was sort of a moment for me i was so I've always been this guy where I'm like, I'm gonna make a better sounding record than you with half like with gear that's like there you way go way cheaper. That's obviously crept outward a little bit. Like I have some nicer stuff that I do lean into a lot, but but um, those
1: you've probably had your eye on and you've listened to yeah, and things. like there's another thing where it's like, um, it's got to
2: sound like me, and it has to be something I can use a lot, like. That's good. Um, I used to work at Deeds and we <laughs> we had all these guitar pedals come in. I just buy them all. I buy I had I had 100 guitar pedals and I was like, "Well, this does this little niche thing and this does this little niche thing and but I was like, well, I'm really only using the same four all the time though." So like I just sold them all and like paid off some debt. So um, so I have a like anything, so I have another rule in the studio where if I haven't used it in 6 months, it's got to go nice because i have i have i have so many things that i want to try um that hanging on to something that has like one single purpose that i've used one time just is not justifiable so yeah. right um like i i have an amp right now i've had for a long time but i haven't used it in like two or three years so i'm like is it time for this thing to go because Uh-oh. i just haven't i, I probably I, there's a nostalgia behind that one but um so we'll see but um yeah but yeah, so I like the gear thing is like, for me, it's all about it's all about the creativity. Like, um, uh, what's his name? I was reading an interview with the uh, the dude who produ- produces all the Radiohead records. uh Miles N- oh, uh, Godridge. Yeah, is that his right. name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he he, <laughs> they were like they literally asked him that, and he was he was like, dude, I don't like care anymore. He's like, honestly, the a lot of the stuff that I'm using these days is like. He's like on vocals, I'm not using expensive tube mics. He's like, I'm using actually these, but, uh, or like, uh, he's like, I just don't, it just doesn't, like, you could buy a $10,000 U47, but if you have a bad sounding room, um, if your singer is not very good, if, um, Mm -hmm. like, if you, if it's not cleaned and maintenanced, like, Um, if there's, if you're trying to record live, all of those reasons are reasons to not use a U47 use an SM7 or something like that. Like, um, or, uh, you have a really loud vocalist, it'll distort your capsule. And if you don't want capsule distortion in your vocal, you can't use a U47, (laughs) you know? So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you need to understand what you're, you need to buy the tools for the jobs that you're doing. Like I do a lot of rock stuff. So like... Um, I recently bought a U forty seven clone, but I've been saving for a very long time, and I probably <laughs> I still shoot out every vocalist between the cheap three hundred dollar mic and the this is a clone, so it's not. I also like I have this weird thing where I, like try to find the clones that sound better than the real deal. But- uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I didn't. So uh, there's a company called Advanced Audio, and they make really good stuff, and it's very affordable compared to like uh, the other like the telefunken and the neumann counterparts so um so yeah it's it's kind of like that um i like my cheap cheap gear to be honest like i just i know it really well too like i know what a 57 on a snare sounds like i've put a billion of them up so Uh um i know and the other that's another thing is like understanding like you, you guys as the studio owners, you should know what everything sounds like. Put that fifty-seven literally on everything. And oh yeah. You need to start to understand what a fifty-seven sounds like. That way, you're making decisions based on, like, okay, this is a this is a guitar player. He has a really bright guitar and he plays into a really bright amp. You know what's not a good idea? Probably a fifty-seven
0: because they're yeah. really bright. Yeah. Um, we were just doing that the other day. Actually, we were recording his band and I I put a. <laughs> What was it, a Neumann 103, mm-hmm. one of those cheaper Neumann microphones on there? And it actually sounded pretty good, like a foot away, sort of the Steve Albini method.
1: Yeah, I think
2: uh, I think uh, when they did that first Strokes record, Julian Casablanca <laughs> sang all of his vocals into a cheap dyna- or an S758, and they reamped it through an amp with a TLM 103 in front of the PV amp.
0: Yeah. So that's
2: that sound of that record. That's Super cool. That's wild. Style. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, a little fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm a nerd, by the way. So oh, yeah. dude. we are total nerds. Um but yeah, like understanding like what, what your colors are. Um, cause like I could tell you what guitar mics I like, but they might not work for you. Like I'm looking at your AMP collection and it's very different than mine. Like your shit or my shit might not work for you. Yeah. So I think that's really important is to like understand your tools and what you like and kind of develop your skill set based on that so
1: right i feel like every sort of team and like space has its own distinctive sort of sounds mm-hmm. and sounds that you can definitely achieve right right and there,
2: there are some classics like 1176s always sound good like that's kind of a hard compressor to be and it's also sounds good on everything that's another thing is i pick a lot of gear that's just like Like, I've got Distressors because they sound good on guitars. They sound good on bass. They sound amazing on drums. They do sound good on vocals. And then I have 1176s, which sound good on all of those things again. So, (laughs) um, And, like, when I was talking about that $3,000 compressor, it's like that thing only did one cool thing
1: it's like three right. thousand dollars yeah cool. i mean I, I didn't
2: pay that much i yeah <laughs> I've, i met a guy who needed to sell it because it's gotten a car wreck so oh <laughs> dang oh. so oh. i was like i don't <laughs> want to cool. capitalize on this but dude yeah so he
3: was
2: he was he gave it away but um so or like um i had this like super expensive tube compressor that i got for a good deal and like fucking hated it like it just doesn't it just like the things that that i want uh like when i when i built my um 1176s it was like the vocal thing that i've always wanted and like i've been i've been using all these other compressors and like finally get these 1176s which are like the most famous vocal compressor ever made and like i was like oh yeah okay like this makes sense like that completes that part of the puzzle so like um it just you know did it for me and so it's good to try things out all the time and do shootouts i do shootouts all the time
1: for sure um, i see those on your instagram
2: okay. yeah i mean it's 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 important to like you get online and you're like what's the
0: best delay
1: pedal and then like
2: you know <laughs> <laughs> there's a billion different answers for that <laughs> oh, and people get spicy but uh, uh, i can't
0: tell you how many times i've done that <laughs> i mean <laughs> trying dude, to research i was
2: the same way and like but uh, i'm i'm at the point now where i'm like dude i'm just going to credit card it and like play with it for th- uh, three weeks and then send it back before I have to pay for it. Yeah. There you go. So <laughs> it's like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with doing that. The right. only thing that's scary is if you like it, then you have to pay for it. But um, like I've, I'm, I'm looking at a piece of gear right now that I'm like um, on the fence about like, do I really, is this a justifiable cost? And like um, I'll probably just credit card it and like try it out. And if it doesn't work, then like, Send it back,
1: whatever. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of research, uh, I, you know, there's so many different variables that go into everything in a studio. And when I started out, I was just, you know, fucking around with four track tape machines. And that Mm -hmm. was kind of my thing. I was like, I love tape, I love analog. And so I decided to, you know, try and expand on that and make it, make my studio based around analog stuff. Um, Was there something, you know, in high school or early on when you started recording that was like your obsession? It was like, oh man, I love just mic placements. You know what I mean? <laughs> Something like that.
1: Um
2: maybe I like I get obsessed with like like deeply obsessed with records and oh yeah. Um so, so like so to tie this all back into record like to me like I'm always trying to like feel the same way that i felt when i heard like my favorite record mm-hmm. and you can't um you can't totally replicate things um they're like there, there's like a saying that people say where they're like if you want that drum sound you have to have that drummer in that room with that kit and like in that cup of coffee that that engineer drank that and like it's <laughs> totally true like um I was really lucky. Uh, these guys are my friends now, but I got to work on a record with a band called Tiger Wine, and um, oh, yeah. they like they tried me out. They worked with Matt Goldman on their first record, which is one of mm. my favorite producers. Yeah, and so like the fact that I was in the running, I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> but um, it was it. Was, I was like, "I hope I don't blow this. They don't. They don't know this, but I was like, "I'm going to blow this." <laughs> um, but Shane like set up his kit or no uh, Hayden set up his guitar and like on on their first LP the opening song has this like guitar riff that's like only room mic and it's like bam bam room and then it goes psh, like hi-fi hits you yeah and I was they were uh we were doing pre-pro for the song that they were trying me out on and they were in the living room so you haven't been to my studio, but Mm-mm. my studio, my tracking room actually used to be in the house before. Really? My, yeah. So we bought the house with the, the second studio and until I could pay to build it out, I was inside the house in this like spare bedroom thing. And so I had set them up. We were just doing pre-pro and then, um, I do all my drums over at fuse here yeah. in town. Oh yeah. So I kind of float between the two rooms, but, um, Hayden played that riff and it was like, it like blew my mind because he was in my living room, which is like two rooms away from me. So it literally sat like from where I was sitting, it sounded like their record. And so I was like, Oh, that's a cool trick. Like it's if a moment, man. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, okay. So if I want to ha- like get that sound, I should put a mic in this room and then record guitar in there. So, um, but yeah, it's like, I, th- I think about music very visually. Um, uh, like when when do you want to feel small and when do you want to feel enormous and when do you want to feel really uh, uh like claustrophobic and and like distorted and like terrifying and when do you want to feel like vibey and, and dreamy? And it's it's about um so like going back to your original, it's like you find tricks and mic techniques by doing experiments and trying things all the time and kind of putting all these little tricks in your book. Like, like me listening to Hayden play that riff in the other room. I was like, Oh sick. If I ever want to do that thing, I know what to do now. Or like, um, like, uh, I did this thing where I was like, I'm going to find the perfect drum head. And so I bought, I bought, um, the three famous, remo heads and the three famous evans heads and i sat there and i did uh shootouts all day and just swapped that swapped heads (laughs) on the same snare constantly and i tuned it to the same pitch so it didn't and like what i came to find out is now i know what all the drum heads sound like so like when i do when i do rock stuff with big beef i do g2 or g12 uh, evans head if i want pop punk like lots of snap i do uh controlled sound if i do if i want more of a retro sound i'll do an ambassador uh if i want the like super dry motown thing um (laughs) do any of the above and then um i cut the ring off another drum head and just put it on the drum and it does that big fat snare drum thing but better um because big fat this is just my opinion, but the big fat snare drum thing is like made of plastic and it doesn't resonate like an actual drum head. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so like I know so like I know that in my brain, like, oh, we're doing these indie pop drums, like let's do the 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 snare drum double head snare drum trick, like boom, done, or uh, like I know what a wallet on a snare drum sounds like I know what one gel, quarter gel, half gel, two gels. like doing those experiments because you start to understand like, oh, like, a quarter of a moon gel is actually more than enough for a lot of things because a lot of people are putting like three or four and it just yeah. like totally deads out the drum. Right. But you also need to know what that sounds like in case you need to pull it out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like
1: you're building up this this armory of different <laughs> yeah, uh, little yeah. tricks and combinations yeah. that yeah. you've devised for your own studio.
2: Right. Cause it it's it's the the things that matter are the songs first and then then the player. Then the then the actual gear. So like so like another part of what um, why a lot of people come to me is I get into the songwriting with the band if they'll let me.
0: Yeah, I um, I found that that's sometimes a limitation. You know, you it's you earn that trust. Yeah, and you can't you can't go and dry all
2: the time. But <laughs> yeah. um, like 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 when I work when I first work with a band, I'll like. I'm pretty fearless now just cuz I've been doing this a long time but like I'll be like oh we should do this and like and I'll show them and and that's why you're d- getting all these skills put in your pocket because you need to be able to do this quickly.
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: need to be like do you like this snare drum in the or do you like this and then like retune it quickly and then be like did you like this or this and they'll be like oh I like the first one. And so like you need to kind of show your experience and then as they start to trust you then you know you kind of like I'll be like, oh hey, you should try this passing tone on your bass line, and like if they're like, nope, then you're like, okay, I know to not fuck with the bass player. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so and then, um, you know, like I I've had I'm I'm really lucky I've had bands come back for multiple projects. So like, the second time they come in, there's more trust, and they're like, yeah, like usually the second pr- time they're like, okay, chains like no chains, like we're doing this, and it's like <laughs> sick. Um, but uh, but it's like. Collecting these skills and these tones and knowing what they sound like in your head. So when the time comes to use them all, you know what you know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, Know what you're doing in quotes. Uh, (laughs) Purposefully
1: trying to do something. Yeah. I mean,
2: (laughs) worst case scenario just doesn't work. Like, Then you try mm, again. Like, um, I'm just, I don't know. I, I have so much fun I, I I listen to records all the time trying to figure out what they're doing um, I do experiments all the time um, I try to be I try to do as much songwriting as I can with other bands um, and that's kind of like part of like, yeah. 'm it's just like the whole thing it's so. like
0: it's like they say for authors people who want to be writers they just read all the time right, and right I feel kind of the same way you know I mean mm-hmm. I listen to records almost all the time actively thinking from the mind of a producer
2: right and like uh, like when I take on a project I'm always like semi a playlist I want to know what you're listening to I want because um, also understanding aesthetics like yeah uh, like, artist intent uh, yeah I mean like I can do metalcore record i can do a pop punk record but i can also do pop records because like you need to understand that like the way the aesthetic of a like a like a hard rock record is just is is really compressed really distorted but that's what gives it the excitement whereas like on a pop record they're actually way more dynamic than you think because Hmm. um you the vocal in a pop record is the biggest thing in the mix. It's always mm-hmm. the loudest thing and it's always the biggest thing. Therefore, if you overcook it, your vocal will feel small and then you've blown it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, there you yeah. go. But you, you like you have to understand how to like so it's about knowing all your tricks. It's about knowing uh how to piece them together. Um and it's it's about knowing um and then, and then it's about like understanding artist vision. Does that make sense? It's like it's yeah. like a three part thing because like you could force your sound on somebody, but it might not be good for either of you. It's got to yeah. work in the yeah. context
1: of whatever they're trying to achieve.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, I think one of the most common ones is like I'll hear like singer songwriter stuff, and someone's like heavily compressed and like slammed it, and it and it sound and with like compression and stuff like that, and it's like dude, this has like no, it has no dynamic, has no breathing in it anymore. Mm-hmm. But like that aesthetic does not, in my opinion, does not work on that kind of music. Yeah. Um. There are some pop acoustic singer songwriter stuff that it does work on, but like the records that I like and that the artist likes and are sending me as references don't
0: have that yeah if that makes sense so who do you listen to generally i mean what would you say is your fair of of listening habits
2: uh um (laughs) man it really like i go through weird like um i go through like so the past yeah i mean it's it's okay so here's another thing that's always really interesting to me is like um i started a long time ago, being like, why do I love this record by this band? Why do I hate this record by the same, <laughs> band? like this other record by the same band? Yeah. And like, you start to kind of research a little bit and like, oh shit, they work with this dude. And you're like, oh, that's cool. Where have I heard his name before? And then, like, and then you like, cl- there's a really cool site called All Music where you can look at credits on records. Oh, oh dope. Yeah. And so, you know, like, I'm like, uh, Like, my favorite band of all time is Death Cab for Cutie. Um, Really? I just pretend that the latest three that came out just don't exist. (laughs) Um, But so, like, I was like, oh, wow. Like, um, and all of their records to me are so interesting and sound so different. Like, the lo-fi, quote-unquote lo-fi ones, sound so unique and interesting. And the more modern hi-fi ones sound also sound interesting but in like a totally different way like um because i remember like when narrow stairs came out i think alan molder mixed it and alan molder mixed like you too and some stuff like that so you like you start to be like oh shit like that explains that explains everything that explains where there's all these delays on everything because that dude also did you too. And like, there's, yeah. like everything. <laughs> on that um, or like, like I'm a big Eric Valentine fan. I love his, I love his like, um, guitar and drum tones. Cause I loved that, uh, taking back Sunday louder now record. um, I was an, I was an emo punk kid by the way.
0: Um, <laughs> well, uh, hence you working with, you know, like <laughs> yeah, the well, way that out was, and... <laughs>
2: that was yeah, that was oddly by chance, but um, <laughs> but I don't know, like the other thing too is I get bored, so like I like I love like the strokes and uh, like the lo fi rock rock thing and I love like um, I love I love pop music. I think I think pop music nowadays is awesome um i love uh punk i love really heavy stuff uh like i really like every time i die a lot they're super heavy Mm. um but i'm i'm always kind of like i'm i'm listening to music for one of three reasons one because i just want to listen to music and i don't want to think about my job (laughs) two (laughs) um, i'll listen to certain records for inspiration for um for me like Mm. um trying to think of like an example of a recent one
1: um uh like day by day inspiration to get you through the days or songwriting type inspiration like um
2: like i started listening to pop music again because i was like i was like i love how big the vocal is and i would just like start to try to figure that out and then like but then like as i'm listening to like post malone as an example or something like people hate on him but whatever i don't give a shit Um, cool guy seems like he he seems funny as hell honestly but, (laughs) but like his record is uh so interesting because there's um there's like all these swampy reverbs and stuff like that but like and then like the 808s and the like the moog Uh, or like the deep low sense are all super distorted whereas like if you listen to like any other pop music it's a lot cleaner and so like some of that griminess is kind of cool yeah um like Billie Eilish is another example like a lot of her stuff is like really weird and like so you start to be like so like I'm listening to music because I like the songs and you learn from that but like man like if I if I mix a pop record, I'm gonna try like distorting these kicks, like and try to getting that like channeling that vibe, yeah. Um, or uh, just just weird like tricks like production stuff. Um, Chris Walla, the the guitar player in Death Cab, is also a producer, and if you listen to any of the stuff he's he it produces, it's so weird. Huh. Like there's all these weird keyboard. Backward tape loops and every, and it's like it's this weird texture stuff that if you took it out, the song would be still be really good, but it would just be far less interesting. Mm. um So that's uh, I'm always I'm always trying to create these like moments or like things like you don't really know what the hell's happening, kind of kind of a thing. So yeah, the things that pique your interest, yeah, get
1: you to like focus your listening again. You know,
2: yeah, I mean, because if you like, let's let's just take the genre of rock for example, like. Let's just say that you have the perfect right panned guitar tone, and you have the per- perfect left panned guitar tone. You have the perfect snare and kick, and the perfect bass, and the perfect vocal. It's going to be boring as fuck though, because it's not interesting. It's flat yeah. line. Yeah, like, I the mean, whole it, time. or it's just like, like it's like okay, like nothing happens, like, like, so like I'm always like trying to do weird panning shit, or like make things narrow for a second and then explode out, or like. Cause like our, like the way I kind of view my, is like, I'm, I'm kind of fucking with your mind while you're listening to the song. <laughs> yeah. So like, like what if this guitar is over here? And then when it goes like chuka chuck, it goes like, and pans in and yeah, in, in around on that. Or like you're creating these moments that like are unpredictable because movement in music is, is what makes music interesting mm-hmm. in my opinion. So like, um, and that, that applies to, uh, songwriting like if your first verse and your second verse are the exact same that's boring as hell like mm-hmm. um or if your guitar tones are literally the same the entire song like that can be really boring or um like if you're if you squash the dynamic with a compressor too much and it's just flat that's flatline that's boring like so you have to like understand what you're doing and why you're doing it and how why you're trying to make people feel a certain way because of what you're doing, if that makes sense. I feel yeah. like it's
0: for all it's for all those reasons that I kind of am drawn to like psychedelic music. Yeah, it's, there's exactly. So much experimentation. There's so much panning and interesting noises going yeah, on. Yeah, and there's
2: like and it's like it's so unpredictable and um yeah. So like to answer, like I'm I'm like I'm always just on weird kicks of like listen i don't even know what i'm listening to these days like <laughs> um and then like i have like mixed references and stuff that i listen to a lot but um those are always <laughs> <those are> weird
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but but yeah so well, um Sort we of do segways. Yeah, we do a segment. Um, it's got a really terrible name. It's called oh. Rock or Roll. Okay, um, <laughs> where we ask you if uh, if a band rocks or if they can roll the heck on out of here. Okay, <laughs> so we have a few curious about your thoughts on Oasis. Uh, they're fine. They write the same song over and over.
2: That's my take <laughs> too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think that they were huge that they, they they were a band that n- absolutely needed to happen though um yeah like because they were kind of a no-frills they weren't really punk and they weren't really that heavy and they weren't really that weird like but they were weird does that make sense yeah yeah they had like
1: just enough amount of weird just yeah. how like a, a lot of pop artists nowadays are dipping their toes mm-hmm. into other genres for just like that little extra yeah and
2: like they kind of, they had s- acoustic songs and they had i think so they have some of the best guitar tones too but for um, real
1: i uh oh they have this i can't even think of it they had this one song that i practiced day in and day out uh Oh, Sally can't wait, oh, don't look back in anger. there you go. Yeah, that's the uh. best guitar
2: tone on the planet, literally, <laughs> literally,
1: all right, um, you got one? oh, my bloody Valentine
3: uh,
2: I don't really get that one, but um, I uh that one has not hit me yet, like I also have this weird th- philosophy where like. <laughs> Sometimes you're on this path, and sometimes a uh, record that was made is on this path. And like, if you try, if like they hit it the wrong spot, it doesn't. So I feel like I haven't gotten
1: it yet. Yeah, there you go.
2: Um, like there's a Modest Mouse record I'm thinking of that like I loved it in college. I put it on the other day. I was like, man, I fucking hate this record. Like, what was it? But like, it's still like, um, I'm a big Johnny Marr fan. So oh yeah, but his guitar playing. How can he, you not be a Johnny Marr fan? dude? He's so good. Uh, he's also the nicest dude on the planet. But uh, have you met him? Uh, I went and saw him. This is a funny long story if you ever want it, but
0: uh, <laughs> give us the abridged version. Well,
2: in the same week, I worked a Morrissey show at the Rococo. Whoa! And then in the same week, I went and saw Johnny Marr at the waiting room, and it was like polar opposite experiences. Oh, sure, <laughs> but like he was super wa- nice, and like
1: I-, I gotta ask, how was it working for Morrissey, dude? <laughs>
2: uh. I'll tell you what. We'll finish this, and I'll tell you the whole story. You can put out like a bonus episode or oh, something. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it was we'll like start a, a Patreon whole thing. Like, <laughs> The whole day was like this, like bizarre experience. So sick. All right, uh, fish. I don't get into jam stuff very much. No, not just like. Uh,
0: again, I don't get it, but uh, <laughs> some of the best
2: bass tones ever.
0: You don't have the the Wook white guy gene.
2: No, nah, I mean, <laughs> I like, oh, I don't, I'm trying to think of, like, how to say this. without sound like a dick. <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
0: I'll give you my take. Maybe that'll uh, maybe bridge the gap a little bit. I, I like t- three songs off of Junta, and that's about it. That's the extent of my fish enjoyment.
2: So, like, I don't, um, I'm kind of. I'm kind of broken like I like music that I like that uh I'm kind of a sucker for catchy music. So like yeah. not that fish is not but like it's too fluid for me. Like I don't like I'm like what is happening? You like can't hook in somewhere. Yeah, or like I want to like I want to feel like I'm also a guitar player. Like I want to feel like I want to play guitar along with this or right. sing along to it. And I like it doesn't do it. it it's the same. Uh, I'll get in trouble for this. It's the same reason I don't really like. I like blues music, but I don't listen to very much of it because like mm-hmm. you heard it here first. Jeremy hates <laughs> blues. <laughs> There's there some, I love Albert King. I think he's a legend. I love like Hendrix. He did the blues rock thing, but yeah. like. Some stuff I'm just like, oh my god! Like, if I hear one four five again, I'm gonna kill myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So like neo blues, we were talking about this in the last episode, but like uh, white stripes and black keys stuff like that. I
2: liked. I had a I had a big black keys phase. I liked, but like they, the thing of okay, the thing about that band though is like that brothers record came out and there was like all this hip hop influence and they did it with danger mouse and it's like. There's all these crunchy, weird keyboards. Like that, I was like, this is, and it was so catchy. Like, uh-huh. so it was bluesy, but it wasn't like, um, I think I enjoy blues more seeing it live than... You feel it more. Yeah, because it's like, if you see a dude rip a solo, you're like, oh my God. Like, mm-hmm. whereas like, if you hear it on record, you're like, that was kind of cool. I wonder how many times he did that one, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I kind of, I also kind of have PTSD from recording like, Noodly rock and blues players that i'm like dude yeah. i this is another personal bias i'm going on tangent here but uh i feel like if you're if you're going to write a song or if you're going to play especially if you are a solo you need to have something to say like mm-hmm. the best mm-hmm. guitar solos in the world are ones that you can sing because like i bet you can both sing me a weezer guitar solo <laughs> yeah no, yeah right. or like even even the greatest blues uh uh guitar players uh like i think john mayer like sings to himself while he's playing it nice. because so it's like it's um just to, otherwise it just sounds like you're blasting pentatonic legs and i that's so <laughs> boring like to me uh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> someone's gonna throw a rock through my window tonight <laughs> Like, oh, dude, never come back to the zoo bar like um, yeah but i think it's i don't know there's some there's some like amazing so going back to the fish thing i just like haven't heard anything that's like stomped me yet you know like yeah. i i probably honestly haven't even given it a chance like i don't even have an opinion about i'm trying to think of
1: any fish song like i was about to say kill me if you want but like i couldn't name a fish song no i don't think
0: i think the one that people could name is farmhouse and that song sucks (laughs) it sucks so hard
2: also at risk of sounding really mean there's the like uh (laughs) tool like gets like a weird rap because like tool fans kind of suck and like Slipknot gets a bad rap because, like, Slipknot fans sometimes kind of suck. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not the, it's not the, but like, so, like, Fish kind of has that same thing where it's like, they're like, oh, so like whenever someone's like, I'm really into fish. I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> <laughs> we can probably smoke a bowl together, but like,
1: <laughs> I don't know where the conversation's gonna yeah. go from there. Yeah, yeah, like, just go on a fish tangent. I'll yeah, just maybe it. after we
2: smoke this bowl, maybe I'll be into fish. Like, yeah.
1: like, <laughs> I'll be into fish for about an hour. Yeah, yeah. Right. like
2: and the next day, i be like, what the hell?
0: <laughs> 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 okay, oh, I just got off the top of my head, mm-hmm. I have to ask you about Jethro Tull uh have you listened to any or that much
2: or isn't he the uh clarinet player
0: or not uh that's... the flautist yeah yeah they they just <laughs> incorporate a ton of flute in their shit <laughs> but i was listening you should listen to uh thick as a brick because i was listening to it the other day and it, like the levels are whack as shit uh-huh. like they're all over the place you know it comes in and there's like some really really drums wake quiet in the back and then all of a sudden this like er- eruptive clarinet or some dumb, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some orchestral yeah, instrument just just like hurls itself at you, and it and it doesn't <laughs> meld with anything else. And I I mean, people love that album, I, and I just can't get behind. I haven't
2: it. heard enough of it to like. I've only heard the like, uh, what's the big one that like?
0: That we, oh, Aqualung. Yeah, like yeah.
2: I've only. I'm so unfamiliar with Jethro Tull. I do like... Uh, <laughs> no shame in that. Yeah. Are they a 70s band? Yeah, yeah.
0: Like early
2: um, 70s prog shit. I do like that stuff. Um, it's like a big... Uh, like, I don't get me wrong. Like, I like... Oh, got a little message there. Uh, we did get a little <laughs> message. I don't know what that was. We'll keep that in. Um, <laughs> I do, like... I like some really bizarre music. Uh, but, yeah, it's just sort of like right place, right time. Like, friends usually recommend i'm really i used to like research records and or like dig for music all the time and i i just don't have as much time anymore so like i actually really lean heavily on my friends to like like hey what's a cool record that's out because like i feel like i'm listening to the same three records and i have some really <laughs> good friends that are usually spit, uh, spitting me some cool stuff so yeah um but, yeah, I had, a, I had a big classic rock face. Didn't, didn't get really into Jethro Tull, though, so. No.
0: Yeah. yeah do <laughs> you have yet. A, do you have favorite classic rock Uh. Bands?
2: Stones, Exile on Main Street. I think that's, wow. like, the coolest classic rock record ever. Um, it's so, like, it's so punk. Um, <laughs> like, the... That first song on the record is just like so angry. I I don't really back all the like womanizing lyrics, honestly. But but that record has Tumbling Dice on it. That one has Shine a Light. That one has um, uh, Sweet Carolina or Sweet Virginia. Maybe both.
0: The interesting thing about that album is it stands more like alone as a cohesive unit as Mm -hmm. opposed to having like one or two really big singles on it. Right. Because it didn't really have any huge radio hits.
2: I think maybe Tumbling Dice was big um i had a big stone's face uh like uh, beast of burden is like one of my favorite songs of all time oh, yeah, it's great, fucking awesome um song. i don't what's funny is so i'm an i'm an odd duck like i don't i think the song satisfaction is so boring
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh the same riff over and over again
2: yeah i mean it's like so wh- whatever people's favorite records usually are it's usually not mine so <laughs> um so exile on main street um when I was when I was kind of going through my like I want to be a session guitar player I went I was listening to a lot of that Albert King record, uh, Burglar, I one's really mm. good. Um, I'll have to check it out. The cool th- it's a blues record, but it's not the same freaking song all over in f- ten songs in a row. It's really and there's some really cool and his guitar tone is really uh, bad, but it, it <laughs> <laughs> but it like it it's so it's so him though. It's like. Uh, I think he played like a flying V on the bridge oh, yeah. pickup and it, <laughs> oh, like through a fender and it's like so piercing, but it, it oh, just boy. works for the thing that he does. Context
1: um, is huge when it comes to like gear and yeah. the artist, you know. Yeah,
2: like I if I played a flying V, it
1: would sound way different, you know? <laughs> but I'd be playing power riffs, but yeah. um in a wide stance wider than your shoulders. <laughs> yeah. <Hit> um, well. <laughs> Beatles, obviously. I mean, that's kind of a no brainer.
2: Uh got a little into I'm trying to think of my classic rock phase is like Fog I'm
1: just kidding. Come on. <laughs>
2: no. I, don't I, have, mind, I don't mind Foghat. I <laughs> I, yeah, hat. I don't mind Foghat either. They're like they're one of those bands that like probably had
1: three good songs, but yeah. um you know, my dad opened up for them one time. Whoa, no <laughs> way. So really? Sick. Yeah. He said he, he, him and his band dropped acid like right before they were going to go on. Oh so my then God. it would hit when they were done. Trying to beat Santana. There was some input problems. Oh. and they're, they're there and it hits and they're just plugging into nothing, you know?
2: Oh my God. And then God. they
1: get off stage when they're done and they're like, Looks like you guys were having so much fun up there.
2: <laughs> and they're like, "Well, that's we blew true. it." <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Um, anyway, yeah, I can't. I'd, I'd have to like look through. Uh, like, I know, I know, I had a big Stones thing because I, I even like, I, I learned a lot of guitar in Open G, so uh, mm. I, that's like a big part of the Keith Richards sound. But um, like, Zeppelin's cool, like. Hendrix is probably definitely up there too I like Band of Gypsies I like that record a lot um Mm -hmm. but uh I had a I didn't my family is not that musical at all Mm. so like I didn't like grow up listening to uh like my mom listened to like uh they switched stations multiple times and no one listens to radio anymore anyway but uh (laughs) They had that show like Delilah on there, and it was all this like yacht rock. So like, it oh, yeah. like all that like <laughs> Chicago. And I honestly, I love that stuff. I love
0: Chicago. It's so
2: good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, and then or like she had, I remember she had a, a a Clapton unplugged tape, and I liked that a lot. Um, Third Eye Blind, I loved Third Eye Blind.
0: That's awesome. We asked, uh, who was it that we asked about that? I think we asked uh, hardly. Somebody, oh yeah, somebody yeah, recently yeah. In the podcast about Third Eye Blind. Um, and they were like, oh, it's just like butt rock.
3: <laughs> no.
2: I was like, no, are you kidding
0: me, man? Dude, that, f- that first album hit so hard. It's so it, it's so. I think I called Third
1: Eye Blind butt rock. Oh, did you? <laughs> what? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Come on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They, I, I was, uh, I'm 32, so like I was, I like just barely missed the quote unquote 90s. Like I wasn't old enough to like, like, I think Cobain died when I was like five or six or something like that. So I wasn't like, like the entirety of me, entirety of my life, he was dead. So like, I didn't have that, uh, that thing, but so I kind of caught the later wave of 90s stuff, but, um, so like, (laughs) uh, and all, and because my family wasn't super musical, uh, it didn't really hit until like I was in middle school and I was like filtering through, (sighs) I think my first I burned a CD for myself way back in the day. It was like the dumbest mix nice. of stuff. Had like Aerosmith. <laughs> saliva. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was, oh. I was way into butt rock. Uh, there was a <laughs> bridge on there. No, no, not that. Thank God. <laughs> well, like that Lincoln Park record came out when I was in uh, middle school. So like that was like a big thing for me. Yeah, like, yeah. Because um, it was like heavy but not
1: like like so your mom wouldn't tell you to turn it off
2: yeah or like and then like they had that like catchy <laughs> piano song that was in Godzilla or some shit like that and i was into Godzilla at the time so the the 2000s one <laughs> yeah, with uh what's his what's his name from Ferris peelers day off uh oh. what is that guy god what's his name <laughs> that guy <laughs> he's like the main character like i wouldn't re it actually if you i was like this is not hold up <laughs> i don't know why i was into it but um but yeah those those were kind of so i kind of got into a lot of stuff like later than a lot of like my friends but um i definitely like when when i when i broke the seal on exploring music it it just flooded and i just wanted to hear everything and everything so <laughs> Yeah, but Has, I,
0: I definitely had a point in, in my life where that happened, and the the catalyst for that was the mountain goats. Definitely oh, really? The goats, yeah. yeah. Weird enough. Weird enough.
2: Credence is another
1: classic rock band I love. Hell Sorry. yeah! <laughs> no, I'm yeah. just
2: like trying to think of one other one. <laughs> Give me a
1: break. Has any uh, album or any song that you've worked on become a consistent member of your discography? Uh, <laughs> this is gonna sound really conceited,
2: but I actually love listening to the music I work on. I feel like that's a good thing. Yeah, I know, like, there's, there is a phase of, like, I just mix this, I don't ever want to hear this again, but, uh, there's a, <laughs> there's a song on the new Weathered record, it's called... See, I'm because like good I work song with, name Frick. <laughs> <laughs> it's either it's either chasing me or it's the one after it, but um, it's got, it's it's so good, <laughs> um, and it has this like, do you guys know that Cheryl Crow song? It's if it
3: makes you happy. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's got like that feel in the drum groove to it. It's so good, and Dope. like when uh they pre pro their, they sent me their pre-pro and they sent me that song and it didn't even have vocals in it. It was like, this song's so good. Like, I just like, I just knew this song was going to be so cool. And like, um, had already started generating all these crazy ideas for it and stuff like that. And then, um, I really, I really love the Tiger Wine record I made. Um, I love, I'm working on a, a record with this band from here called Salt Creek. And I, i'm in love with these songs they
1: oh man you do them so so good Mm -hmm. you (laughs) this record will you'll have to (laughs) it's
2: wild really it's it's a it's a very drastic change for them but it's 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 uh, to me like i'm very good friends with all of them they're super cool guys they're amazing people uh it's like a it's it's such a summation of their influences, but it's it just sounds utterly like them. I don't know how to else to. We've been we we've been working on that record for a year. Wow! Um, Damn. Like uh, I, they were like, we want to go. I shouldn't talk too much about it, um, but because <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. don't want to spoil Sorry. anything for us. Well, yeah, that and like. Uh, there's a label involved now, so like, oh boy, so yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. Like, this is not like. Well, good not for to, them. I'm though. not trying to hype hype this up or any. Like, it's just like I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about because um, I don't know <laughs> yeah. when the damn thing's coming out. So well, we know it's get good into...
0: and we know it's coming out. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so we did a couple. So they they basically were like, we want to we just want to write cool rock songs. And we we're like, okay, and uh, sweet, let's do it. And so yeah. we did two <laughs> singles last year. That will be, I, okay. I think those are coming out this summer, and then very shortly after, actually, the m- singles from the full length. So, the singles from that that we did were like, we're exploring this as an option for like a quote unquote sound change, yeah. And it's cool because it's sort of like you can hear the you can hear them the shift they're wanting to make, um, and then it's like the, the full length. The like it's a it's a, it's an interesting path of g- breadcrumbs because like if you listen to their last EP, it's like it's like their thing, and then like these new songs don't really sound like that, but they kind of do. You can still kind of connect the dot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you follow that dot, and then you hear the full length that we just worked on you'll that will make sense but if you if you try to make
1: that if you try to make the connection from the other angle like from their ep or something if you're like just that. like all right we're gonna listen to rulo and then new new it new might album. not make sense <laughs> like,
2: but in in a cool way like in th- that record is one of those moments v- very occasionally i get i get an opportunity to do a record where they're like chains are off we can do anything and everything we want and so and like so we pre proed every single song. So we ha- I had them write like 15 songs. And then I was like, we're going to pick the best 10. Mm. And, and like we treated every song as if it, like, is this, like, this has to be a good song or it does not need to be on the record. I, mm. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of like, put out the best that you can do, not the most quantity of stuff. No. like I would much rather put out a bunch of amazing songs than be like yeah I have 10 records but there's only listenable like six listenable songs <laughs> you know, like, um, but that that's
0: Hunter's not to say, looking like,
1: at me all yeah,
0: well, okay, so, <laughs> uh, I see I work I work so hard on my on my eight track songs you know uh-huh. and uh, eventually uh, they're finished and I'm like what am I gonna do with it I could release it on band camp or some <laughs> dumb shit, you know, and or just let it sit here stagnantly in my studio. I think the
2: key is that, like, if you're proud of them, they should get released. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they're if like, like my philosophy is like, oh, we wrote this as a filler song. I'm like, no, get that the fuck right, get right, it right. out of here, out of this studio. <laughs> so, so there's that, there's that aspect. But we they would they would show me the song. I would be like, I don't like this, I don't like this, rewrite the bridge. And they'd go back. And then and then we work on another song while they were fixing not fixing, it's not the right word, but <laughs> they were tweaking the other one. And like we just did that process. And then um when everything kind of got settled in and we we scheduled it out, um we knew we knew all ten songs were bangers. We knew like um like uh, I was excited about every song in the amic, still excited about every song in the record. Oh. So it's like,
1: um, and just make it like fifty songs long then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> See you in five years. Yeah, we need another year. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's a, it's
2: also like um, you guys both playing bands, right? Yeah. Yeah. So as in you the same band
1: too. Yes. Oh, the same band. Okay. Yeah.
2: So like you guys are in a band. So like when you first start off, you're not playing with a band. So you're like writing songs on your own and you're kind of figuring yourself out. Uh Then when you join a band, you guys are trying to learn how to communicate with each other. And like, in the, like, I'm just gonna be blunt. Like in the beginning, like you might not like something he writes, but you just kind of deal with it because like, uh, like you don't want to hurt his feelings and, and, and vice versa. Like, and, but then like, you do that and like and, and that's totally fine. And then like and then you kinda keep working. And so I'm I'm working with bands that are like a little past the point of like, oh, we just started. Like yeah, they have they have an open communication with each other. So now like involving me as a producer is like an interesting moving part because I'm basically you're paying me to like your songs and if I don't, I'm gonna say something. Yeah. So um so it's it it creates this new uh, uh, let's call it drama for lack of a better word. But it's not that bad. It's like you're now involving a person who's like, I don't like your bridge. You need to rewrite it. And you have like one or two people in the band. They're like, I think it's fine. And I'm like, and I'm and and it's not mm. like you need to rewrite it
1: or else. It's like yeah.
2: I would love to hear another ver- option. Yeah, or see like, if you
1: can come up with something you like just as much
2: yeah and like i'll also be like here like what about like this or what if we did you know and i'm also usually actively being like oh we should try this or we should try this um and so it's it's a process of like is that first it stings because like maybe you wrote that part (laughs) (laughs) and like here i am like like not in your band being like i don't think your bridge is very good Mm, like and usually it's reasonings like dude your second chorus is so enormous and then your last chorus just like flops and Mm. it's like we got to fix this like i'm so hyped until i get to the last chorus and it's not how it should work yeah so um so it's kind of learning that and then and then they're learning how to work with me and kind of like like man like okay like it's sort of like an ego battle but like but not like you're trying to remove your ego from the situation if that makes sense and you're trying to like figure out like if you if you believe so firmly in a part that you're willing to fight for it, then it's probably worth fighting for, you know. Because like, not my opinion is end all sale. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of this weird like, I want to, and I'm also an option person. Like, dude, play this halftime. Let me hear a halftime version of this. Like, play this, uh, or like, um, I'm fingers crossed. Uh, I've got a friend. His name is Michael. He plays in a band called Daisy Head. He's coming down. But like, I just told him, um, <laughs> I just told him like. I've actually never worked with him before, but I was like, I got to just be honest with him. Like, I was like, Hey, you need to bring this whole song down like a half step or a step because I was like, I think it's too high. Mm. And it, we didn't like butt heads, but like, he was like, well, if we take it down a half step, uh, these inversions of these chords that I'm playing, I'm going to lose it. Like busy has like open strings in it. Oh yeah. And I was like, is there any way you could capo it? Like, yeah. Um. So he went and worked on it and he texted me the other day and he was like, dude, I figured it out. It's awesome. And he's like, and. I, and <laughs> Because it wasn't that he couldn't sing it. I was more of like I want him to nail it. I don't want yeah. him to just barely get it. I want him to nail it. And then he's got to do it live. So if it's too high and he's like squeaking out way up top, it's not when you're playing guitar and singing
1: now and not in a studio it's it's gonna be way harder to hit that note. Yeah. So, um You're gonna have to know you're gonna have to hit that every single time.
2: Yeah, and I've also thrown out ideas that totally got dumped because they just <laughs> weren't very good. Like, um, but it's about it's about understanding how to communicate an idea or how to like um like you can't just tell someone you don't like someone something that yeah. that's rude mm-hmm. that's destructive like that uh i played in a band with a dude like that and i'd show up to practice i'd be like all right i wrote these three songs and i'd be like here we go and i' mm-hmm. be like i don't like it like oh okay, so I'd show <laughs> oh. I'd show the, show yeah. him the second one. He's like ah, I don't know I'm not into it. And i was like okay, show him the third one. Nope okay, uh, all right well like did you write anything? And he'd be like well no. And i be like, <laughs> like okay so you know I'd circle back around and be like what do you not like about song one? Do you not like the chorus? Do you not like the riff? And he'd just be like I don't know just don't do it. And I'm like that's that's a little more input than um,
1: no. But like <laughs> to
2: me it's like. I kind of have a secret in my head rule. Like, if you're going to shoot an idea down, you need to have another one ready to go. Like yeah, So, okay. like, I don't like your bridge, but I see what you're trying to do. What if we did it in three, four time and kind of gave it a swing or something? Like, Or, like, try this. And so, um, because maybe that bridge was a difficult part for them to write, and they actually weren't sold on it. It's just kind of what fell into place at That's the time.
1: That's what happens in a lot of my songwriting is, like, I'll find certain parts or lyrics just so I can have a finished song to like show the group right you know right and then
2: I'll just like, have like burner lyrics and stuff like that's, yeah yeah
1: yeah that's totally like
2: I th- I think it's important to get to the end of the like you need to finish the song. And then you can step outside it. Because like maybe the whole time you were like, Oh, I can't use that chord because I use it in another song. And like, I'm an objective person I've never heard your other songs. So I'm (laughs) like, I'm like, dude, why don't you use this chord? This sounds great here. And you're like, okay, well, I avoided it because of this arbitrary reason. And I'm like, why? Like, yeah, so it's like I'm I'm the one coming in to help you not overthink sometimes. Get out of the head um, their own head. On the Salt Creek record, (laughs) there's a song that it starts like another song on another record and they were like worried about it. And I was like, I don't feel the same way at all. And they're like, well, it's the same chords. And I'm like, so what? Like <laughs> yeah. like that, uh, there was this Hawthorne Heights record that came out when I was in high school and every song is literally the same four chords. <laughs> no shit. So look at any what Green Day album. The... album yeah, <laughs> I mean on. it's like Oasis. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's it's it it that stuff doesn't actually matter, or at least to me. Like mm-hmm. uh um but yeah. Um I I like listening to a lot of like um I did a single with Hail Varsity. I loved I, I put that on from time to time. Yeah. Um I I'm trying to think of I'm working on a record with uh, a Oramara from Histrionic right now oh, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> uh she's so catchy. She's just like such a no bullshit <laughs> songwriter. So I'm really excited to finish that and put that out. Um What's the
1: timeline looking like if you can?
2: I don't know.
1: Like heard lots of stuff.
2: Yeah, she.
0: Um, oh, we got a kitten in here. Hello, oh, kitty.
1: Hello, pilgrim. She. Her. Um,
0: Put her
3: in the studio, Sorry, keep
2: talking. <laughs> <laughs> she had some personnel issues
1: i we had seth and dwight on okay and we we talked about that and how like she was working on it by herself now yeah i think you made a post that was just rmr in the studio with you
2: yeah honestly like it's funny because i'm working with the credentials right now too (laughs) yeah (laughs) like it's dude it's just like it just wasn't a good fit and that's there's nothing wrong with that like um Aramara is a very intense person and what, Seems like she knows what she wants. She knows that. And what's funny is I I am very much like her sometimes. So like I can see I can um so like I can see why certain things were frustrating for her. Um but I can see why other people would find her like opinionated or something like that. But Mm -hmm. ultimately I'm like, like she writes great songs and she gets shit done. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like to me, I'd rather have that than, uh, than someone who is like, uh, if, if you want to play music, and you want to complain about how well your band is or isn't doing, you got to make sure you're
1: busting ass all the time.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. No,
1: so, I, I I totally understand. You gotta set the
0: precedent high. Yeah, for the work like ethic. if you're
2: like, I don't know why, like, we're not getting signed and no one comes to our show, and it's like, well, dude, I didn't even see a I didn't see any promotion for your show. You're not putting out any content. Like, you're not getting me excited about your band at all. So yeah. like why like
1: why the hell
2: would I check your band out? Yeah. Like I'm yeah. I'm just being honest here. There's like so
1: many bands out there that we could be listening to at any given point.
2: That probably are life changing too.
1: Yeah. But like um I do like
2: I I hate I, I'm like ex punk rock. Like I hate marketing <laughs> and I hate like I hate feeling like I'm selling to people. So it's a good thing that your wife
1: is a marketing, <laughs> Dude, she's Master. she's like
2: beat me to death over like the thing is like, it's, it's about, um, since we're on this, it's about, uh, if you're a band or if you're a producer or if, uh, you're, um, a small business, like it's about, you want people to get excited about what you do so that they want to be a part of what you do. Yeah. You're not like the whole, like car salesman thing doesn't work in 2020 because let's be real when you go if you're going to go buy a car you go to the lot and you know more about the damn car than the 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 guy selling you does
1: yeah Mm -hmm. because
2: you have the internet and like you've looked and you've read reviews you have watched youtube videos like Mm -hmm. so you so now every you have to pretend that everyone already knows everything so if they know everything you just need to get them to want to be excited to be around you right Or see your band, or you know, if you're, I'm I'm just gonna be straight up. Like, if you're a band and you're a fucking snob and you're standoffish, like, you can fuck off. Like, I don't, I like, I does not, dude. (laughs) Like, it just does not fly. Like, I don't get that. Like, and I've met a lot of people like that, and there are a lot of successful people that that works for them, and that's fine. But like, how will that get anyone excited about the things you do? Like, because the music world is a hundred percent word of mouth it's the only it's one of the only industries where if you drop a business card (laughs) people will laugh at you like yeah like (laughs) it's all about like hey who did your last record oh we worked with jeremy like he did a good job and he was fun to work it's like okay sick we're just gonna go hit him up like yeah or uh like aramara is exciting because she's so in your face and Mm -hmm. she dresses loud she is loud she like when she's playing live she'll just get rid of her bass like in the middle of a song and just start yelling at people it's like (laughs) it's such a thing and it's so visceral and um i like i hate to, but aesthetics are like a big thing like Mm -hmm. and, and social media aesthetics are a thing and um i wish it, i wish that stuff didn't matter but i've also met some really amazing friends just like from Instagram because they're just interested in what I do and at this point
1: it's like your your business card your Instagram yeah,
2: yeah. or like and, and like just being friendly to, like i have people hit me up like what's your favorite vocal mic and i like instead of being like well it's competition buddy like, <laughs> i'm like yo dude it's like a it's like a 300 sm7 like i don't care because it's like If they want to sound like me, they need to steal my brain (laughs) because of all of the above reasons that we just talked about. Like, I'm analyzing records all the time. I'm experimenting all the time. I'm trying new gear all the time. Like, you guys could, like, these sounds, these mics sound great. Like, I miss having one. Like, at the time I sold it because it didn't work for me. I'm like, hell, I'm here now. I'm like, let's take this (laughs) off. But what works for me might not work for you. So, like, I'm not, like, the, in the whole, like, elitist, or hiding knowledge thing is just so stupid to me. Like Mm -hmm. I'd like, I'm glad you guys are in town making records. Like it does not bother me. Like I get stoked. Like the studios are popping up. Like when I was, uh, like I said, I'm from Lincoln. And like, when I was here, there was this dumb fucking elitist, um, guard (laughs) that like they wouldn't play shows with us because we weren't cool enough. Oh, um, and, you know, I get, like, you can't, like, not every band wants to play every weekend, you yeah. know, and, like, you do have to turn down shows sometimes, but, like, I remember hitting up a, a friend, <laughs> and I was like, dude, I love your band, like, can we, if I set the show up, would you guys play it? And he was just like, no, dude, we'll never play with your band. Wow. And I was man. just like, what the fuck, man? Like, but... That band is dead and all of those dudes sling beer now and don't do anything. Like I yep. like not not that I I'm mean. gloating over it, but, <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying like like um you're either doing or you're complaining, and I'd rather be doing personally. Yeah. So Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's know, where I live.
1: <laughs> I think honestly I was going to start off the conversation by saying this, but I think this is a good point to end the conversation by asking you this how does it feel to be the guy capital t (laughs) capital g the guy tm copyright of lincoln for recording um
2: i didn't really know that i was the guy you're the guy (laughs) um i i don't know i haven't like thought about it like (laughs) so like uh, i had a um I appreciate that, by the way. You put that, out, you do amazing work. <laughs> I you really appreciate, like, <laughs> I am, like, I even, I had a friend who told me I was nominated for OEA, and I was like, what, like, what is that? <laughs> like, I'm, like, living in my own little world, and especially because of COVID, but, like, um, I am just, like, I just love getting to work with everyone. Like, I don't, um, I love that people are excited to come and work with me like that's all that matters to me like um i learned a long time ago that like credits just don't matter because like 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 i'm proud of the records i've worked on and like i have i have cool credits and i've gotten to work, work with record
1: labels but like non-music I've, people aren't looking
2: yeah i mean Like I go like I go to, well, my sister, not my sister, my, my wife, (laughs) her coworkers are all cool, but she used to have a job and I would like go to dinners and they'd be like, what do you do for a living? I was like, oh, I'm a musician. They'd be like, oh, but like, what do you do for a job? And I'd be like, oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) But like, um, I'm like stoked that people trust me and like, um, I'm I'm glad that I have a reputation that's good cuz like uh like you could easily not work because people don't like you, you know, or um but I do think like I think there's I think you guys are doing cool shit. Like I don't have any tape like I'm like I'm going to take this stuff home. Like I want to play with this stuff. <laughs> I think you guys offer something different than I offer or like I think Maddie Sanders is really good. I don't um, think I'm better. Uh she or sorry, he it's a Oh, it's a, it's Kelsey a Sanders who owns 1867 it's her husband oh. and he plays drums in JVA oh, wow cool um, but yeah like uh I don't okay like I said I don't think about quote-unquote competition anymore but like back in the day he, like he made me sweat I was like man I hope I could yeah. be like as good as him and, you know, and I was thinking about all wrong I was like I should just be the best version of what I can do but um, like I just got to work on something with him And he was so, he, he seemed excited to work with me. And I was like, dude, this is sick. Like in a weird way, I was like, this is like a um, something I've always wanted because he's a really great engineer. And like, I feel like I can do some stuff too. And like, we got to work on it together. And he was excited about it. Like it was sort of this weird, like, um, like uh, there's no, uh, there's no elitism to me. There's no, like everyone, you guys offer something different than I can't. And Maddie does a thing that that I that you know I can't do or I do differently um I have my studio but I still go to fuse and record drums in there because I love the sound of that yeah. room and like they got a really cool facility yeah I mean and, and Tim's Tim's cool and lets me work like in what what I am working towards is I like I would like to be more more uh uh creatively inclusive and in like um like, in a dream world i would have like a big room like fuse and i would like i would like rent it out to other people like you because like let's say you guys wanted to not work with me but use the room like i don't give a shit a
0: room to record drums that isn't like you know seven feet tall yeah (laughs) it's
2: like it it makes a huge difference yeah like if you want real drum tones um or or if you just want creative drum tones like they have a chamber have you guys been there
1: I actually had a, a job shadow there for a little bit. Okay, were you with Tim or Charlie or Maddie? I don't remember. Okay, <laughs> I was in high school. You were just chilling. Yeah, no, I was just. I was there with uh, there. Uh, he's got dark hair, glasses. I feel like his name was Tim.
2: Oh yeah, old man, goatee. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> and he was recording the Killigans. Oh okay, it might have been Charlie. Charlie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Was he did he is is he bald? No. Okay, it was Charlie. <laughs> Charlie does all the kill against stuff too, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, um, like I'm like, I'm stoked. Like I'm working for some, like, uh, I'm, I'm working towards something bigger than that. Like, not that I, not that I'm not grateful. Like I'm stoked that I'm the Lincoln guy, but like, I I'm like, dude, why does everyone like turn their nose up when, I tell them I'm a musician from Nebraska. Like I'm just as talented and hardworking as anyone I met in California. And like, um, there's no reason why Nebraska couldn't be churning out or just the Midwest in general couldn't be churning out great records. And so, um, that's like, that's my thing. And like, I think, um, if you're shooting to be like King of Lincoln, like that's, that's like fine, but like, that's just kind of like a limited pedestal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know, like not that that's a bad thing. I don't know.
1: I mean, Kinda there's a to the, balance though. Yeah.
2: I- I'm avoiding the elitism that I experienced when I was younger. And um, I'm trying to create a inclusive thing that um, like, I'm like I'm trying to, I'm currently trying to start like a, like a mentorship program through the studio, COVID fucked it all up, but, Mm, but I was going to start doing recording and mixing workshops because you know, what's so sick is like me getting to mix stuff for people that they recorded. And it's so interesting and exciting. And then, and then I can try to elevate it another level or like, I've gotten uh, tracks from people. I'm like, what the fuck were they doing? It sounds awesome though. Like, yeah. So, um, so like I'm trying to so this is a bigger picture thing, but like I'm, I'm hopefully I want to like, I want there to be more engineers in Lincoln and Nebraska and better engineers. Like, um, and, uh, I want there to be, um, better songs, better rec. Like it's all, it's all cyclical. Like you create that competition, uh, com- uh, friendly competition. Like, uh, Salt Creek is going to put out a cool ass record. Uh-huh. Hopefully that's going to motivate somebody to be like, we could do that but in our own way and they're gonna put a cool ass record i'm not gonna do it but (laughs) 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 but like um it's it's kind of doing this thing and 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 it's inclusive and um like i think the bay is doing really cool stuff oh yeah again covid (laughs) (laughs) kind of put a damper on a lot of stuff but like um,
1: we had a lot of stuff coming up like right before it all went yeah, down. Yep. And
2: like, I went to a Death Cow show and it was just like packed or your guy's show too. Yeah, yeah. The, um, it was at the Death at Cow the release yeah, show. Yeah, and I was just bay. like, yeah. dude, everyone's having a great time. <laughs> yeah. Like, And everyone's like having fun and like yeah, they're like, like the pit is like uh
0: um, <laughs> not was the terrifying. biggest pit we've ever had. That was well, a huge show, man. Show, yeah. yeah,
2: and it's not like big hardcore kids like
1: <laughs> like oh. throwing confetti eggs at the ceiling yeah, and like that. It's like
2: I I think I love the enthusiasm. I think if anything it needs to grow and um I'm hoping and like I'm hoping that maybe I can play a small part, like maybe we can get some records on the map. Um maybe like but Th- those are like big dream things you Pipeline know stuff yeah I mean, because ultimately like my day to day is like how can I make whatever I'm working on amazing
1: yeah. um,
2: and that's and and that's like my job and that's like my focus like i'm <laughs> like I'm not gonna change the world, but like I might be <laughs> a part of um something like uh you guys like know about like the Omaha music thing, right like yeah so like that started because. Two dudes started uh, Saddle Creek because of a UNL job project. Uh, They were UNL business majors, and they were asked to start a business for a school project. Yeah, and that is now Saddle Creek.
0: (laughs) So, and it's well, that's me. I'm the UNL business major (laughs) 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 doing this thing. There you go. (laughs) So it's doing
2: a
1: few miles over.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and now Mm -hmm. they're now you know like Conor is signed a Capital or something. Like it's ridiculous, but like, but like you get you get ambitious and you go for it because you're, you're unafraid. And I think like that needs to just go like, and, um, you get rid of the elitist turds. So it's kind of this like open forum of information to some degree. And like, um, you know, like remove some of the ego out of the equation and then you can be more creative because you're not being controlling or, um, exclusive or whatever, or that's how I feel at least. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm stoked that people like look to me as like the guy. I'm <laughs> I the, my my biggest fear is actually like um. Like I never want to people to feel like they can't talk to me. Like you were like I've been really nervous to talk. Like dude, you should hit me up anytime.
0: Like <laughs> oh thank you. Man. Um, or like <laughs> well, this has been freaking awesome. I, I'm <laughs> yeah. so glad we Sorry I've talked so much. No and...
2: oh, no this was um, literally like yeah amazing. Yeah I I just like I hope that. Like, I know I'm not the cheapest person in town to work with, but like I'm always like, dude, let's do one song, let's see what happens. Like, and if it just didn't do it for you, like that's fine. Um, but or like I don't want my like I just have to pay bills, man. Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like I'm not I'm not like I'm I'm not cheap, but I'm not like there there are other people who are more expensive, but um i'll definitely work three times harder than them (laughs) there you go but
1: um it's not unreasonable either
2: yeah i mean it's just like like i remember i told someone uh, like my base price once and they were like what the fuck man and i was like well you have to remember that i have to take a third of it out for income tax uh so like now really like not yeah so being self-employed is not fun all the time (laughs) it's it's great it's it's just like a part of life or like uh i had to back pay a bunch of sales tax crap because nebraska is one of three states that have this stupid tax called digital transfer tax Oh uh no. where they view graphic design work audio work and something else as a sale it's like a sellable even though it's your song yeah and i'm providing a service they view they view it as me selling you that music really so i had to go back and pay a bunch of like tax money
1: you better watch out, Mr. Business Major, before
2: well, you
0: start yeah. an LLC well, or no, some shit. No, there's a reason why I'm not an
1: LLC yet, you know? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, like, I'm off the
1: record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, like, you'll be fine.
2: Like, it's just stuff to think about as as your business grows. Yeah. Um, like, I, mm. I, I don't know, like, how much you make from this. I'm not going to ask either. All but, right. like, when you get to a certain point where it becomes a livable wage – then they're like, well, where the hell does this money come from, and how's it? Because they, the government needs their chunk of it. So yeah, um, which is like, I knew that going in, and yeah. um, so and like I've always set my life like we're a single car family. Like um, we're <laughs> I, I always tell people like we're bottom shelf people. We're not buying name brand cereal. <laughs> going to all <Aldi. laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like and or like like I have a lot of cool stuff, but I have all these rules. Like if I don't use it, it's got to go. Yeah, and
0: yeah. um and it's pricey pay for a fucking badass job man
2: yeah yeah so <laughs> i know like when i get really fried i'm like i want to get a i want to go back to a job with a 401k i'm always like oh, there's <laughs> some kid who's like drooling at the mouth to do what i do so I gotta, I gotta be grateful but um but yeah i'm sorry i talk so much thank you for having me yeah, stop
1: saying it's sorry, it's sorry for talking
2: um
0: Thanks again for joining us. It's been a pleasure. This is uh, the intro to the Push Record and Run summer season, and this has been Jeremy Worst on the Push Record and Run Charlotte Records podcast. Uh, yeah, once again, if you get a chance, go listen to this podcast sister episode with Swal Pope, Paul Swope, whatever you want to call him. He's the man. And that podcast, we're pretty drunk in the middle of the night, talking about all kinds of good shit. Um, we love you, listeners. We love you so much. You've got, you've got your whole lives ahead of you, or at least so our, uh, our demographic readings tell us so. <laughs> <laughs>